hear the word of our Lord from the Epistle to the Galatians, chapter 1, beginning in the sixth verse. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of men, or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. So, I just finished a giant, massive, I mean super big project. Something with uh, between 15 and 18 hours of audio attached to it. And uh, when that comes out, I'll let you know. It's a pretty big project that I think will bless a lot of people. But the question is, what now? I have my mornings free again. I don't have to spend all morning recording and editing audio, throwing noise gates on everything for a single project. Now I get to just do what I want. <laughs> well, hopefully what God wants instead. But the question is, what now? And I would answer that first before we get into any plans for the future of the Very Lutheran Project. We have to ask the question, what's going on? What's going on in the world of Christendom right now? What is bringing people to the points and conclusions that we see today? Which, if we had to summarize it, it's massive, disgusting, worldwide apostasy and syncretism based on Galatians chapter 1. Let's get into that real quick. What is another gospel? Because St. Paul says here, if we or another angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. Hmm. Well, before we ask what another gospel is, obviously it's, it's got to be a gospel that isn't the real gospel, right? Well, what is the real gospel? What is the actual gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? And I will give you what St. Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians. What is the gospel according to St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15? Let's go here to verse 1. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Okay, so what is the gospel? He reminds us, verse 3, For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. 
For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. Hmm. Okay. So what is the gospel? The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Paul, what he gave to the Corinthian church, is Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried and raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and then he showed up to a bunch of people. That's the gospel. Now, the importance of that, he died for your sins, St. Paul also gives us in 1 Corinthians. Why is this important? Because the why of the gospel is just as important as the what of the gospel. This is, this is huge. We have to keep this in mind. In verses 1 through 3, he says, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. The so what, the why of the gospel is the salvation of souls. And we understand that the salvation of our souls means deliverance from sin, death, and the devil. Being risen again on the last day. This is stuff he goes into in the rest of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is stuff he brings up in the epistle to the Romans. And he says to the Corinthians that you need to stay in the word. Stay in faith. Why? Because we are justified by faith. So, we look at the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, and I want to ask you, do you hear that gospel every single Sunday? When was the last time you heard that gospel? When was the last time your pastor or a priest actually preached, Jesus Christ died for your sins, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day? I went to a Baptist church for a while before I was a Lutheran, for a few years where um, we heard that maybe on Easter. Maybe. That's bad. <laughs> I know there are churches out there that don't preach it at all. In fact, they would say, that's not the gospel. Why? Well, for a liberal church, I mean, they don't think, a lot of them don't think Jesus rose from the dead in the first place. So for them, the gospel has to be a matter of law. Oh, Jesus, the gospel is that he taught us how to love. Okay, St. Paul says they are anathema. They are accursed. They are cut off from Christ. But then there are people that say, no, 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 no. It is merely the fact that Jesus died and rose again from the dead that is the gospel. Well, I'm going to say it again, as I've said it before, that is a worthless gospel unless it is for you, unless it is for your sins that Jesus died. Unless you are actually saved from sin, death, and the devil, you can tell yourself it was a historical fact all you want. That doesn't save you. You must believe in Jesus for you. So those people out there who just want to focus on the mere historical fact of it, that's not the gospel. St. Paul gave us the gospel. Right there in 1 Corinthians 15. How many churches are preaching that? And for that matter, since Galatians is all about people who were beginning to add works of the law 
to their salvation, to believe that in the Judaizing heresy, where you have to do a whole bunch of stuff in order to be saved. Not that we get to do a whole bunch of stuff because we are saved. No, 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 no. The, the Judaizing heresy was that you do stuff in order to be saved. Please go get circumcised, turn to shed, get pee-pee cut. Do we have anything like that today? Oh, yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. There were theologians in the SBC that were claiming that the gospel must level differences between human beings. Meaning, the church is your family now. You have to, quote-unquote, radically accept people. The gospel of radical inclusion and acceptance. Let them into your home. Let them watch your children. Let deviants come in and um, just, to just totally trust them, bro. They're not going to do anything bad. Let them cuddle your kids to bed. Because otherwise, you're not living in the gospel. Is that the gospel? It is not. But we hear that it is. Oh, from many, many, many talking heads. That's not the gospel. St. Paul says they're damned. May God grant them the grace to repent. We are in a situation right now, in worldwide, all over the church, where the gospel is all but lost. Where it is not preached, it is not called to remembrance. If you are lucky, it gets brought up on Good Friday and Easter. If you are lucky. Maybe. But even among conservative churches, they have so lost their way that they can't read the simple words of scripture that that's the gospel, what St. Paul just told us. Because they want to add something. They want to, oh man, well, you know, I don't know whether that's true because I hold the predestination. So I can't say that Jesus died for somebody. <laughs> I don't know if they're elect, so I don't know if Jesus died for them. Well, okay, you're not preaching the gospel then. Because Jesus died for our sins, St. Paul says. If you can't say that, can you say you believe in the gospel? Other conservative churches want to say, mm, yes, Jesus died for your sins, and we're being saved if we stand in the word of truth. Well, um, I don't like that second part. We're being saved if we, for the rest of our lives, show fruit. If we follow the method and we show fruit according to the arbitrary standards of a distinct leader put in every congregation or else. Is that the gospel? No. That's sneaking in works righteousness through the back door. That's not the gospel. St. Paul says that that is accursed. How about this one? We're being saved if we support the nation state of Israel. Because after all, God says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And uh, by you, all the families of the earth will call themselves blessed, right? And that means I mean, you're not even Christian if you don't support Israel. You must be one of those liberal Christians that denies everything about the Bible, right? That's the only explanation. Let's talk about that all day, every day, every single Sunday from the pulpit. Let's uh, get into Old Testament history and why it's important to let uh, the nation state of Israel do whatever it would like. And we have to send them money. Is that the gospel? No, not even in the slightest. Not even close. Oh, how about this one? The gospel is, hmm, Jesus died and then rose again so that you can name it and claim it. And therefore, 
if you do this with really, really powerful faith, God will give you whatever you want. That's what Jesus died for. Is that the gospel? No. So, given just a few of these examples and how many pastors and priests all over the world are preaching this kind of thing, saying it's the gospel, adding something or taking something away from it, or just entirely replacing it with something like Jesus died so that there would be literally no differences between ethnic groups, genders, or anybody, or preferences. We don't have much um, gospel out there, do we? We don't have anything like that. And to make matters worse, you know, we Lutherans here, we hold to the law-gospel distinction and the third use of the law, the law telling you how you need to live now that you're saved. The problem is, is that a whole lot of churches, and a whole lot of Lutheran churches too, have snuck in a kind of, let's call it the new law. Let's call it the new law because Lord knows it's not anywhere to be found in the Holy Scripture. In fact, in our passage in Galatians, St. Paul says, if I, were to, if I was pleasing men, if I was about pleasing men, I wouldn't be serving Christ, would I? But we have a whole lot of new law people. And what is the new law? The new law preached here is the pastor will presume politics from the pulpit. He will either preach it openly or he will presume it. And the only real sins you can commit are against the current political order. And if you say things that go against that, well, you're not going to be forgiven. Let's just face it. You're not going to hear the gospel. You're not going to hear the absolution of your sins. What you're going to hear is get out of my church. Get out. That's not the gospel. That's not the law. In fact, there's a, it, it's so interesting that now we've brought in this dynamic of hyper-mortal sin. It's not just mortal sin. Mortal sin is impenitent sin, high-handed sin. Sin which damns you unless you repent from it. Hyper-mortal sin is, oh, you, now you need to be punished by the church. Now we need to enact immediate church discipline without even the chance of your repentance or the chance of discussion. Nothing like that. And when St. Paul says in Galatians 6.2, Brothers, if any of you are caught any, in any trespass, restore such a one gently. I believe that's 6.2 or 6.1. Um, no, no restoration for you. We are going to rebuff you. We are going to cast you out. We are going to destroy you. Because, well, that's the new law. We hope you go to hell. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. That's the current state of, I would say, 90% of the churches today. They have all decided to follow the spirit of the times. And what does this new law say is a sin? Well, recognizing differences between anybody is a sin. That's one. Recognizing differences at all. If you, if you say there are actionable differences between people groups, uh, you must be guilty of this. Unless it's the right people groups that we say it's okay for you to, to hate or to have actionable policies on discriminating against them. That's fine. If it's the acceptable one that you're permitted to hate, then that's okay. But otherwise, we want to let you know, tisk tisk, get out of my church. Let's look at some, uh, some potential examples of this. What is permitted? Well, if you go to a dispensational church, there is a chance that the, uh, 
the permitted group for you to hate is uh, jihadis. And by the way, everybody that's ever made the, the declaration of Islam, that makes, that makes them a jihadi. And you got to hate those people. You can't ask questions about them. You can't ask, why do they do what they do? You can't tell them, okay, well, I, I respect your lifestyle, but I want to give you the gospel. No, 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 no. You just, you got they don't like Israel, so you don't like them. Well, that's the new law presented in conservative churches. What is the new law presented in liberal churches? Um, Name any ism, any ism whatsoever that you hear on MSNBC that they say is bad in a, in a liberal church, they'll say that's bad. And suddenly they believe in hell for you. <laughs> they don't believe in hell for non-believers, but they do believe in hell for you for violating their terms and conditions. After all, you know, got to be tolerant, right? So we have a position, though, where even good confessional Lutheran churches... What they'll do is they will preach the correct law, they'll catechize kids into the correct law, the Ten Commandments, and they will also preach the real gospel. That's great. And they won't preach the new law, the uh, current morality of the modern world, in their sermons. But if you violate the new law, they will still punish you, put you under church discipline, and harm you. That's just the case. So we have that where now, hmm, we have confusion over the law. We have a whole lot of churches not preaching the gospel. And even the churches that are rightly dividing the word of truth into law and gospel and preaching it in that fashion still submit to the new law, the new law of the world, their morality. What does that tell you? That tells me that a whole lot of the church is apostate. A lot of the times, if you walk into a church that says it is a church, it is probably not a church. What do I mean by that? Well, let's turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 2, and let's read uh, <clears throat> verse 2 through 5. Let's go ahead. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Hmm. Now, what does he mean when he says removing a lampstand? What is a lampstand? Well, if we go to Revelation chapter 1, let's see here. John has this vision of these seven lampstands. And Jesus says the, <clears throat> the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Revelation 1 verse 20. Each church is a lampstand. And now there's a whole lot of churches. And Jesus says to this church in Revelation 2 verse 5, Hmm, you're really screwing up. If you don't turn around, I am going to make you not a church anymore. Not a church. Taken away from the presence of Christ. Him who walks among the lampstands. If a church abandons the gospel or starts adding to the words of God, whether explicitly, as we see with liberal churches and cults, or implicitly, as we see with conservative churches and a whole lot of Lutheran churches, um, that's bad and portends great falling away. 
there are very few churches that fit the description right now of a faithful church. But worse than that, while there may be faithful churches out there, I know of a couple, I, I know other people who know of a few, that's great, good for them. We're in a position right now where worldwide, there are people with no access to the real gospel, no access to the real law, no real dedication to Christ, and not real devotion to him as our savior. No way to live either, because they're given a false way to live by the new law. What do you do? Well, you start a new church. You start a new church network. Is this schism? No. Because if the body of Christ forms new bodies, in obedience to God's great commission to us, given by our Lord Jesus, if they decide we are going to start new congregations, that is the body of Christ doing something, not errant Christians breaking off from the true church. So don't call this schism. But you need a new church network. You need something new. And, uh, well, that's what we're doing. <laughs> the facts on the ground are we're living in the middle of the great apostasy, as at least as far as I see it, all the signs point to that. We're living in that, and right now things are really stinking tough, so we need a catacomb synod to start that up, a something to reform the church, to reform the body of Christ, or, barring that, at least have people who can worship freely with the actual word of God. Not the word of God, asterisk, here's all the assumptions we're making and here's all the things we're adding. Not the word of God plus the things we're saying explicitly. Not the word of God, but when it does kind of violate modern sensibilities, then we're going to demure and we're also going to punish people who don't like modern sensibilities. Not the gospel of nice. We need a church network that has people actually hearing the word of God, actually hearing law and gospel, actually devoted to our Lord Jesus Christ and actually in service to him. That's what I'm trying to build. We're just starting, but we will get there. And by the grace of our Lord, we will see some beautiful fruit from that. Amen and amen. Oh, and more details to come. Amen and amen.